Let's get some Amy Clangers. Who covers Clangers at home and on the road? Amy does. And has to be that LeBron James flop. Uh, you've sent this through. That is ugly, and that is a big clanger. That's a clanger. And I'll, I'll keep with LeBron James' theme. There's a fast break dunk attempt he had as well. And he's got this kind of a dunk that you always expect. He kind of swings it under his body, then back up. Nice little two-hander. It's on a million posters across the world, and it slipped out. And I don't know where you stand on this, Hayes. <laughs> but if you miss a shot, if you get a turnover, if you drop the ball, if it's a bad pass, you're not allowed to do the old, oh, I've got slippery hands, I've got slippery hands. I just think you've got to live with it, smile, laugh at yourself and go the other way. But he, he didn't take much time at all to uh, blame the old sweatiness of the ball. Mate, no excuses in your game. It's all undercover. There's no dew. There's no weather that comes <laughs> in with the rain. You should have no excuses not to handle the ball right. Yeah, and because I probably only finished my career with that because, you know, for the first 11 years after every single missed shot, I probably had to stop doing the ball sweaty and then just realise, okay, it's just my technique. So that's probably why I stand with that. And I didn't have many breakaway dunks to have the ball <laughs> slip out. So LeBron had another great game, but those two things we just spoke about were the ones that actually made me laugh throughout it. If you've got an Amy Clanger, we'd love you to get involved. If you want to talk about anything, it is Friday Free For All. Join in any time on the Temperate Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736 or give us a call. We'd love to talk to you today. The Kia open line 131255. Morley Kia, get more. I want to take a listen to this because the clanger of the last eight months essentially has been the way the Hawthorne investigation has been handled and this is Jordan Lewis swinging from the hip. We're eight months down the track and Clarkson, Fagan and Jason Burt haven't been interviewed. It's amateur hour. Like, like these people who were put in place to, to interview both sides of the, of the situation to get a clearer picture on what actually happened, um, haven't done their job. And there, there's, there's people still at Hawthorne who have blood on their hands. It, it is, I, the more I talk about it, the angrier I get. That is strong, isn't it? That's a four-time yep. premiership player at the Hawthorne Football Club. The heart and soul's really been ripped apart here because a lot of those players are really close with their coach in Alistair mm -hmm. Clarkson. It is a premiership reunion year going back to 2013, the first of their three, Pete, and you've got this scenario where the coach just doesn't have a relationship anymore with the Hawthorne Football Club and it's subjected to him to some really tough times and we had the announcement yesterday, but it is a massive clangor that needs to be addressed and we spoke a lot about that yesterday. Huge clangor. More and more people are going to come out and we're going to have similar anger and frustration felt and heard until somebody that's in, in charge of doing the interviews behind the scenes, someone that's in charge of putting together this investigation finally comes out and says, this is where we're at. All I want to know, I, I just want to have a bit of clarity and just say, okay, we're still two months away. Give us time so we can make sure that we get to the bottom of absolutely everything. But not hearing from anyone hurts more. And I think there's a way you can address the media, address everybody involved that doesn't tarnish the investigation by giving some sort of, some sort of time frame and an update of what you've done to date and why mm. it's taking so long. I don't think that would hurt anyone. And I don't think we're asking for too much for that to come to the surface. So if anyone is going through some tough times that's been involved in it, even they know, okay, if I can get through the next two months, hopefully it all comes to an end right now. But everybody's losing right now and a lot of people are getting frustrated and I just think that they could have avoided it 
or do something better about it just by communicating. So true. Amy's Clangers for Good is back, giving away much-needed funds to grassroots clubs to enter. Go to afl.com.au forward slash Clangers for good. A few text messages coming through. Tucky in Riverton, he always kicks us off strong. <laughs> Hayes and Mato, what are your AFL tips for the weekend? Well, Tucky, we can't give it away just yet. That's going to come later in the show. We've got to use a hook. It's like fishing. Use a hook. Keep them there because I know people want to know Damien Martin's tips in particular when it comes to waffle. And somebody else has said that too. Dirk, Hayes, hope you're well. The best part of the run home is hearing the excitement and passion of Mardo's waffle tipping leading up to Friday. <laughs> hope you're having a great, happy Friday. Looking forward to Saturday's match against Geelong. Keep up the great work, including Jimmy. Jimmy, hope your Saints get up against the Giants on Sunday. I, I think we're in trouble, Mardo, if the best part of our show is the excitement you have about waffle. Mate, I'm excited because I can guarantee you it's the first time I've ever been able to guarantee going into the weekend a waffle <laughs> prediction, and that's that, the, that Subiaco won't lose this weekend. Uh, so I'm feeling very confident about them not losing, but that's all I can say in regard to the waffle. We did tip uh, who we thought would win the state game. It is now... The gap is closing, would you believe? No. WA have kicked the last two goals, 38, South Australia 44. So trail by six. I actually tipped South Australia in this one, Mudd. I know you went for Western Australia. So you can be wrong, but they are coming hard, which is great to see. And they dominated the first quarter, in all honesty. When you watch this, do you have any inkling or any desire to try and bring the topic of conversation up to the AFL level again? Or do you think, no, this is where interstate footy should be played at the waffle level? Let us enjoy it on our TV screens and let the pros go out there on the weekend and play for their clubs? I have a bit of sadness when I watch it yeah. because I know how great it has been, both at waffle level but also at state of origin level with a lot of the AFL players. And to have it as a curtain raiser, I don't think it's ideal because at the start of the game, really, there wasn't too many there. The time mm. slot back here into Perth, which is another Amy Clanger, starting at 1.40, does not suit. It's only on AFL.com, so it's not available through some of the other channels, so more people can't watch it. And then you see some good players that have been great servants of the waffle competition left out. So Tyler Keitel, who's yeah. kicked 20 goals, he leads the medal at the moment here in the West. He was left out. John O'Marsh, Ben Sokol and Jack Buller have been included. And if it was done on fairness, you'd probably leave Jack Buller out. But it becomes an, a bit more about mm -hmm. the experiment of giving him some time to show what he can do to the AFL recruiters because the mid-season draft is just around the corner. So some sadness, and I do fear for the future of it. I love how both state competitions are really still driving this, and the reason it does work is, is because it's pretty close. The ledger is nearly even. I think we're down by one, even though South Australia have won the last three. This one looks like it's going to go down to the wire again. Hayes, I've got one for you, and I've got one that I'd love to hear everybody else's thoughts on. Hearing how you spoke about that, I, I love the passion behind it. And for a lot of players who are out there representing their state right now, this might be the pinnacle of their footy careers. Mm. And in saying that, those players that were left out that you believe should have been there because they've gone a different route to expose others who may not be in good a form. I've seen that in basketball as well and in different codes. I love using Nathan Sobey as an example. So he was selected to be at the last Olympics. And, you know, some people may have said, well, hang on, we should have gone with this NBA Australian in the NBA or this other person. Or, or go with someone younger who we know is going to play in the next three or four Olympics. I, I completely disagree. And now we're going to be faced with it with this World Cup squad because there's so much talent in the world of basketball with Australians playing across 
pretty much every major league there is. But I think the most deserving players are the best players that have been out and had the mm. best 12 months so far because this is it. And so whilst, you know, I said Dyson Daniels may not be in my final 12, I was trying to find room for him. I look at the other guys and I think, no, they're still the best, even though Dyson, I believe, will play in three Olympic Games, if not more. He might have four under his belt by the time he retires. But had they gone the, young, the younger route and put in a Josh Giddy instead of a Nathan Sobey, I think that would have been unfair. A lot's going to come Giddy's way that he deserves and has earned. But right now, go with the best 12, because even if they only get to represent Australia once, They've earned that. The other guys, I don't think you need to groom them and give them that experience. They keep talking about the experience. That'll come. I'm for the best 12 players in basketball deserve to be selected. Footy, the best players deserve to be selected. Whatever sport it is, go with them. Don't be building for the future when it comes to national representation. Am I wrong? Or do you think that no, that's a fair No, you're spot on. Argument? And the message it sends to everybody involved in those competitions is hang on. Keep fighting. Stay in the competition. Mm. Build Australian basketball. Build waffle football. Whatever it may be. But you just worry the next time Tyler Keitel is including one of these squads next year, does he say, oh, no, nah, I'm not going to go around this year because of what happened last year. Yeah. I, was the, I was leading the race for the goal kicking and I was left out. Now, I know he did kick 10 in one game against the West Coast Eagles, so really he's only kicked 10 in the other five games. But he should be in this team because he's been a warrior. He's been the best forward for a long period of time. As we speak, though, Jack Buller has kicked a goal and we're now back on... <laughs> Equal terms, 44-44 in the third quarter. Still 10 minutes or five minutes remaining of real time. Hard, flat, 25-minute quarters in this game. So exciting. They're fighting their way through it, Western Australia. But it does send a message to everybody in those competitions, particularly like you're saying with those, you know, bottom-end NBA players. Are they really going to get on the court? And Mm. at the end of the day, they will get another chance at it down the track. Yeah, and, and that's what it is. If you're the 12th player on the team, you're probably going to play against the nations we're expected to win, beat. So when I played my first minutes of the Olympics, it wasn't until game three. I actually rode the bench when we played Serbia and France. Game three, got out there against China, did okay. So then I built my way into the rotation for the quarterfinals and semifinals. But I rode the bench, then got opportunity. If I had not played well against China, I may not have seen another minute, to be honest, with the rest of the Olympics. Mm. Yet it was still going to be the highlight of my basketball career. And I don't think that should be taken away and just by sitting at the end of the bench he can get ingrained in the culture these younger guys bring him into the camps have them do some of the international tours but for those one-off major events such as the olympics and the world champs for giddy he's going to go down as an all-time great australian basketball player soaps now gets to retire at some stage as an olympian and i both think they're deserving of those things and so any sport if you've done the work you should be rewarded don't plan for the future Another question's come through for you, Marto, from Paul. Did you talk to Bryce Cotton about his citizenship? Did I talk to Bryce about his citizenship? Uh, I, I brought up the word citizenship. I looked at him and thought, anyway, it's nice weather out there today, isn't it? So uh, it's one of those things that he cannot control it. And I think that if he spends too much time thinking about it, he'll have as many grey hairs as I do these days. So unfortunately, it is what it is right now until somebody wants to say, you know what, common sense should prevail and I'm happy to overturn this ruling. But I don't see any politician stepping forward to do what should be a simple thing. It should be a simple thing. Uh, We'll talk about that a little bit later as well when we do have Bryce Cotton on the show. Adam Simpson has got grey hairs. Obviously he's been losing but there's a bit of a strong flu, he called it. The symptoms going around the West Coast Eagles. They're on high alert as they take on the Hawthorne Football Club. They flew out today. Luke Edwards has been ruled out. 
And it is yep. a concern going into this game that you'd have a strong flu. And it's not COVID. They have tested for that. But we know the strong flu, when it does spread, it can spread pretty quickly. Yeah, and I woke up to some news out of Collingwood as well that Ash Johnson and Jack Ginevan are both absent from training today due to the flu and in doubt for Sunday. Darcy Cameron yet to be confirmed. So they've got their own players that have some flu-like symptoms as well. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who lines up for all teams this weekend. If it is going around, albeit not COVID, which is great. For the West Coast Eagles, their team is in. Campbell Chesser and Noah Long come in. Out goes Greg Clark, who was omitted. He just didn't take his chances last week. Jack Darling, we know, and Luke Edwards is is the other one. It is going to be a massive clash. We know what is on the line for the West Coast Eagles win and they certainly get themselves off the bottom of the ladder. They don't win the wooden spoon at this point, even though there's a long way to go in the season. Lose and they would become favourites to have picked number one in the AFL National Draft. That's that's a good way to put it. I thought we're going to have a wooden spoon pun come in there, but instead, no, see the positives in any negative situation. So let's, I, I don't want them winning the wooden spoon. It's been a tough 24 months in particular for Simo and the boys and just so many injuries, so many mm. injuries. A lot of the stories revolve around, oh, they were hit hard by COVID. At the back end of last year, it wasn't the COVID, it was the injuries and that's continued on into this season. So they've got a lot of answers Questions that need answering, and they probably won't face them until the off-season, but in the off-season, they'll be picking some high selections regardless. I think they'll get the win. South Australia having a shot for goal on the three-quarter time siren. Another text message come through from Dirk Hayes. I was going to tip Fremantle, looking at Geelong's back line. It's very strong with Jack Henry back into the side, linking with Stewart, Stengel and Close. He's also back, including Cameron and Hawkins, which will be a headache for Fremantle. Geelong still undermanned in the midfield. Yeah, I think through the midfield, the Dockers get a really good chance. And one of the big improvements has been their contested ball and clearance over the last two weeks. Caleb Sarong spoke at length about them being on the move, so not trying to body their opponents because they're not overly tall. Mark Blixarves in that matchup is going to be fascinating. He mm-hmm. may go to Caleb Sarong, so he could have a 200-centimetre midfielder go to a 178 midfielder <laughs> because around the stoppage, it is Caleb Sarong that's doing so much damage. So I wait to see how that one plays out. You've got Jeremy Cameron and also Tom Hawkins who are going to be tough to stop, and I don't really think the Dockers, now that they've lost Griffin Logue, have the right matchup for Cameron. They probably do close to the goal, but as he gets up and searches for more possession up around the wing, I'm not sure either Luke Ryan and Brennan Cox can go with him. So whether they play a Hayden Young who takes away something for the Dockers because he has been good in recent weeks with ball in hand, or they just utilise Brennan Cox to maybe play off him and get him as he comes back closer to goal.